Hello and welcome to the Pondering Theologian Podcast. I'm the host, Nathaniel. In today's episode, I want to examine the concept of um, the salt of the earth. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says that you are the salt of the earth. And I think that there is a lot of implications around that. And I want to read that section of scripture and then give some thoughts and perspectives on it. Maybe a little bit of context around salt and just the importance it has in the world, but in our life. Um, So before we get going, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Starting in verse 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, in the same way, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come to abolish them, but not to, I have not come, goodness gracious, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, I share a little story that I find humorous. Uh, years ago, I was working in the kitchen as a prep cook, and I was fairly new and was pretty eager to be welcomed and included into the group. Uh, so as I, I did my work during any given day, I would make sure I took on extra tasks or make sure I, would, I participated in the conversations that went on around me. And something that was pretty common in the kitchens at the time that I worked in was to test people's endurance because everyone likes a little competition, of course. Um, we would uh, go through any kind of competition because we believed that we could go toe-to-toe with the best of them. Um, We would compete to see who could chop, you know, mushrooms or onions the fastest and the prettiest, the most close to a true julienne, if you are familiar with uh, kitchen terms. Um, And we would compete to see who could fold, you know, the most pizza boxes the fastest, There was all sorts of things. Most of them were pretty straightforward. 
One time, however, it was I was perhaps tricked just a little bit. We had multiple sinks designed for food prep in this kitchen, and one common thing was to fill a sink with ice around a pot of soup or a sauce to cool it down quickly, so that it could go in the fridge and the space could be used for the next thing.、Um, in kitchens, cooling things quickly is kind of an important thing, so that you can get it into the refrigerator or the freezer and get it ready for serving. And often, these things. Would have a bunch of ice and water left over from an item, or waiting for another item to come in and cool down quickly. And one day we decided to see who could keep their hands submerged in this ice water the longest. I took one sink with、uh, another gentleman, and someone took a different sink across to this、uh, kind of space.、Uh, I guess you call it like an alleyway of, court,、uh, of sorts. And、uh, so we we're all standing around,、uh, one way or another. I ended up being distracted in a conversation, and I did not notice someone put a bunch of salt in my sink of ice and water. And I'm sure some of us are aware that salt causes ice to melt, and that the water around the ice tends to be colder than the ice itself, which is a, a strange scientific phenomenon, and why. Um, ice cream makers,、uh, the old-fashioned like crank style, work this way, where you put ice and then、um, rock salt in there. It's because that causes it to get colder, in some sense.、Um, and whatever you may know or not,、uh, in in all of this, there's another scientific thing that can happen. Um, and that if your hand is in this water or ice when you add salt. Um, it can quickly turn into burned skin,、um, whether frostburn or, in some instances, there's a scientific term called a salt ice burn, and those are not fun to experience, as I can personally attest.、Uh, the burns can take up to a full week to heal. While sitting there with my hand in this water,、um, someone had dumped in a. Substantial amount of salt, and I quickly forfeited as it got all of a sudden much colder, and my hand started to burn quite a bit.、Um, I did not take、um, challenge for quite a while after this because my hand burned for hours afterwards.、Um, this is something that came to mind while I was reading the gospel story here in Matthew today. And it made me think about just how important salt is in our lives, in the life of all humans around the world. I'm kind of humored when I think about salt. Salt seems such a minor thing in the grand schemes of our lives. It is, however, quite literally more important than one might think, especially when we. Think about how we can just go to a grocery store, or the dollar store, to Publix or Myers or wherever it is that you live, whatever the grocery store is, and just buy a box of Morton's table salt for a couple of dollars. Salt is one of the most important ingredients in life. The average human body contains just under、uh, nine ounces of salt. That's roughly three to four of those glass restaurant salt shakers,、um, and in our diets we need a small intake of that 
just to survive. Without it, we risk what's called hyponatremia, which mimics symptoms of severe dehydration and can cause headaches and seizures and even death if not treated. And that is just one of the medical issues that we can have if we don't pay attention to the salt in our diet. And there, of course, um, when you have too much salt, the rare salt poisoning is a thing. And then there's high blood pressure and the relation to salt that you have in your diet around that. And, you know, on, on another end of things, if you think of the ocean, you definitely cannot drink water straight from the ocean. Or there's a term called brackish water, which is water that is thought to be fresh water, but is tainted with salt water. These are all interesting random things. Um, but it, it's something interesting to consider just how important salt is in our lives, in the lives of humans. For thousands of years, uh, recorded as far back as um, 6000 BC or BCE, salt has been of pretty importance to the human mind. It was a very valuable thing to Jews, Greeks, the Chinese, the Hittites, uh, just to name a few. It was, it is used in cooking. Uh, pretty well now, well known the savory experience of some salt in our food dishes to amplify the seasonings. It is used in preserving food to keep it from rotting or spoiling. You, know, you can think of uh, salted beef, cured ham, uh, bacon, sauerkraut. In the ancient world, it was used as a disinfectant in wounds. It was used in ceremonial off offerings. It is so valuable in reality that it has even caused wars. And you know, interestingly, during the War of 1812, salt brine you know, just salt and water, was a form of payment to soldiers. That's how important salt was, or how valuable it has been in history to people. For such a little mineral, salt has an important role to play in the history of mankind. And for that matter, I suppose it's not a surprise that it comes into the teachings of Jesus in the reading from earlier in Matthew's Gospel. If we hop over to the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. It is interesting how many times salt comes into the teachings of the Bible. In Colossians, Paul wrote, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. In 2 Kings, Elisha uses salt to cleanse the water of a place to cure uh, infertility. Uh, in Leviticus and Numbers, it talks about the usage of salt in offerings to the Lord. This ceremonial offering of grain you added salt to. Uh, in Job, Job asked the question, can that which is tasteless be eaten without salt? A question some of us have asked many a times, is this something we can handle without a little bit of salt or 
some other seasoning. And of course, there is the time that Lot's wife was turned to a pillar of salt as she looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah. There are more uh, sections of scripture that rises the question about salt or some way that salt is used. But I think we can see from these few, salt is perhaps a little more important for us to pay attention in this gospel this morning. Um, I should say, this morning is when I'm recording it. Um, but this section of Matthew uh, 5, verses 13 through th- 16, is grouped together, sometimes with the clever heading, at least in my Bible, it's grouped as salt and light. Not, not necessarily um, a fantastic section title, um, but it's interesting that it highlights this. After Jesus talks about being the salt of the earth, he says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father, who is in heaven. Uh, This part of this Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, is often what I've heard sermons preached on. There are plenty of t-shirts referencing a city on a hill. Um, Toby Mack, who's a Christian artist, um, has a lot of songs that reference being a city on a hill. And there are plenty of other artists and sermons and hymns that even talk about this city on a hill being a shining light. If you think of the song, This Little Light of Mine, it comes from, in part, this section of scripture. This analogy is one that is pretty easy to follow. We all have seen hills, and we we can surmise that what is at the top of the hill is generally more easily seen than that which is at the valley, especially if you're sitting on another hill. Uh, It is a great metaphor for how we ought to be. As people who believe in God. We ought to exhibit that for uh, other people to see. I believe, though, that there is more power put into that example of the shining city on a hill when we keep the salt part in perspective. Perhaps we go... Uh, before we go much further, though, let us consider some differences between salt and light. Light is something that we primarily only see. If it is sunlight, you could include the the, the warmth of it um, and how it provides light to everything on Earth. Um, But light is primarily something witnessed, something observed, something that we can perceive. Salt, on the other hand, is mostly not observed. Yes, we can see salt crystals, certainly, but the work of salt in our world, whether that is in our food, in the ice in the driveway, some salt around our pepper and tomato plants, functioning in our medicine or in our bodies, all of that work is not visible. Not in the same way that light is. What is interesting to realize is that the salt that Jesus is referencing here has to do with our souls. The analogy is to that of our attitudes and beliefs as Christians, which affects how we can become that shining city on the hill. That is how we shine as the 
church, this collective of people. This is the example in the world of a people called to be Christ-like. When we become Christians, that is, we have decided to accept Jesus into our hearts and work to live into that example and calling outlined in the scriptures, um, we have asked and welcomed the Holy Spirit into our hearts. The Holy Spirit is what we believe um, and what we have in this life to guide us here on this earth. It is the blessing bestowed on the Church at Pentecost uh, that the Spirit, that gift, that choice to take it in and listen to it and emulate Jesus, that is what makes us Christian. And Jesus says in this section of Matthew that we are the salt of the earth. Reading again from the scripture, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Um, all this means that we are called to embody the Spirit, these words, these actions of Christ. But let's take it a step further. Christians, if we are the salt, we are meant to pass on goodness. That is, in everything that we are doing, um, you know, salt, when it's used correctly, amplifies, reinforces, builds up, breaks down, balances, isolates, amongst many other adjectives, there is an endless list of the proper usages of salt that does good in this world. That is what we are called to be the ones who use our words to build up others, to amplify the gospel message in word and action, tear down systems of oppression, break up, uh, break down barriers for our fellow creation, Christ, reinforce those who are doing the work of love in the world, isolate the problems that block the flow of good actions and words in the world. Again, the list is endless. But we are called to be salt that does goodness in the world. And that is not also not always a seen thing or rewarded on earth. Again, how, how many of us have bought salt for a couple of dollars and stopped to think that this is one of the keys to life? The other side of that to remember is when we've lost our saltiness, we've lost the thing that made us special. Now, I'm not saying that if you're not being the goodness and love of Christ in the world that you are good for nothing. God loves us all regardless. However, when we are not living into our moniker as Christians, we are not Christ-like, which is what Christian means. When we stop trying to be that salt in the world, we lose our saltiness. That is a problem, folks. And and the rest of the section of chapter five of Matthew, verses you know thirteen through twenty, um, the 
the, the whole of this depends on that salt. If we are to be a light on the top of the hill, the city shining on the top of the hill, we have to balance it with our saltiness. You can only shine and show goodness in the world so well if your heart, your intent, your soul is not holding a place for the love of Christ, the action of Christ, the mercy of Christ, the grace of Christ. You can look really nice as a shiny city, shiny, goodness gracious, a shiny city on a hill. But you don't do much good beyond that hill if you aren't the salt of the earth. So I challenge you this week, my friends, to look at yourselves, both individually as in, as uh, whatever church or community of faith that you're a part of. How are you being the salt of the earth? How are you individually being kindness in your actions? How are you being love in your words? How are you being merciful in your reactions? As a church, you are visible in this world. Whatever church building you are a part of, it's hard to miss it in some way. It stands out in the community, in the structure. But how are you being the salt of the earth beyond that hill? And I implore you to consider that for just 15 minutes today. You know, before lunch, after a nap, on a walk, sitting in your favorite chair, whatever it may be, I invite you to take 15 minutes to ask yourself honestly, how salty am I? You know, don't wait for tomorrow. If you're like me, you'll forget once you've gone to sleep, um, let alone once you've finished listening to this podcast, but how salt, how salty am I? Consider that today, friends. How are you embodying the love, the grace, the peace, and the actions of Christ? How salty are you? grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever, friends. These are things that Christ has spoken. So I implore you to examine them today. We're going to end the episode there. As always, there is so much more to say, but I'm curious what it is your thoughts, what's your perspective on all of this? How do you understand it to mean to be the salt of the earth do you think that being salt of the earth is important to being the light on the shining city on the top of the hill i would love to hear your perspective your thoughts your understanding of all of this down in the show notes is the contact for the podcast you can reach out on social media over at our website through email please reach out i'd love to hear from you Anything that you'd love to hear in a future episode and a reaction you have to a past episode, please reach out. I'd love to have a conversation with you. As always, I hope that you're doing well. Know that God loves you so very much. There is nothing that you or anyone else can do about that. God loves you irregardless of anything in this life. We'll see you in the next episode.